you'll face it. All about your moves and your moves. They just prove you with every play tricks that makes me like flicks. Good afternoon, I'm your host, Jimmy Kim, and you're listening to the greatest show on the planet, The Jimmy Kim Show. Today, I'm interviewing Samuel Pena. Sam is the chief of the Houston Fire Department and a veteran of the US Air Force. And we're gonna start here, Sam. Thank you for coming to the show in the studio. Jimmy, yeah. thank you for having me here, it's, a, it's, a, it's an honor. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, everybody is excited to hear your story as well as myself. So if you can start with uh, some background about you. About me? Well, uh, look, I've been your fire chief here in the city of Houston now for the last uh, four and a half years. I was hired by Mayor Turner in uh, at the end of December 2016. Prior to that, I was the fire chief in the city of El Paso um, for about three and a half years. And I actually grew up in that department. When I separated from the Air Force in 94, I um, went back to El Paso where, where I grew up and joined the fire department. And you know, after 22 years, I had the, uh, the honor uh, to serve as, as, their, as their fire chief for, for the last three and a half years. And then this opportunity came up and, and, uh, and here we are. You know, it's been the, the opportunity of a lifetime and it's been an honor to serve the, the city of Houston. Wow, very nice. So many of the listeners and viewers may not have known that. So originally you started your fire service career in El Paso, and that's where you did, you rose, pretty much rose through the ranks. Correct, yes. And you uh, did your time there, 22 years? 22 years in the city of El Paso. Um, I went in as, as entry level, like yeah. everybody else does, and, and yeah. worked my way up. Like taking out the trash, scrubbing the floors? Scrubbing the floors, <laughs> doing the bathrooms. Bringing lunch? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, everybody has to. <laughs> Everybody has to go. You gotta put in that. your time, right? You gotta put in the time. Um, and before that, I was in the Air Force, where I started at the bottom as well. So, you know, it's uh, I, I decided, hey, I can't keep starting over. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> well, now so, you're at the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're managing four thousand uh, firefighters. Is that correct? The Houston Fire Department is the third largest municipal fire department in the country, um, and we have uh, budgeted four thousand members. Right now, we're a little short-staffed, um, but we're hiring. And I, I want to do that, uh, if you can give me an opportunity at some point, uh, the Houston Fire Department is hiring. We're going to hire 280 firefighters this year, 280 firefighters next year, and the year after that to try to make up for, for attrition. And uh, so, look, if you have the, those people in our community who have the heart to serve their community, to, to, that want an opportunity to make a positive impact uh, every day in somebody else's life, then the Houston Fire Department is is the career for you. So hfdcareers.org, you can go there and get uh, additional information, and we'd love to have you uh, be part of this team. Very nice. All right, listeners and viewers, remember that. If you're looking for a new career or a career change, they're hiring. You heard it from the top guy. They're looking for good candidates. And what can you explain some of the prerequisites? You don't have to go in large yeah. detail because there's probably quite a few, but Absolutely. some of the general requires, requirements to become right. a firefighter. So, so more than anything, look, we want, we want somebody who, who wants to serve their community. The Houston Fire Department is a full-service fire department. We run our EMS, paramedic levels. Uh, we do uh, certainly fire uh, responses, but also hazmat responses, uh, rescue responses. We have... Um, um, you know, it's a again, it's a full service ambulance. We run the ambulance service for for the uh, for the city, the 911 operation, and um, 
what we're looking for is an individual who who wants to to be part of this team, right? Wants to take part in in as I mentioned, be a positive impact in their community. And there are opportunities throughout the department to uh, to expand, right? I mean, we have I mentioned all the emergency response, which is what people uh, normally come on the job to do, but we also run communications. We have our dispatchers. We have arson investigators. We have inspectors. Um, so there is a whole host of, of areas where people can can uh, apply to and promote into that uh, that will give them the opportunity to to serve in in, in those capacities. We're looking. Um, the minimum requirements uh, is you have to have uh, 24 hours of college credit or two years of uh, military service with an honorable discharge. Okay. And and. Uh, the application process is, is the same. It's a it's a civil service exam, and then they go through the background checks and also we're looking for somebody with a good character, um, somebody who again has demonstrated that they have an ability to to interact with the public appropriately, and and uh, we'll provide the rest. We pay for the training. If you have no certification, you can come on, apply. If you get accepted, it's a nine month uh, it's a nine month academy. And, and you get paid while you're at the academy. They're making about $36,000 a year. When they graduate the academy successfully, then um, they, the first year firefighter will be making approximately $51,000 a year um, beginning next, uh, next year. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and the benefits are good as well. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Look, it's, uh, we have a defined, defined uh, pension contribution. It's not a 401k. I mean, once you retire, you retire with, uh, if you do 20 years, I think it's 50% of whatever your your salary is for the rest of your life. And then there's the cost of living adjustments to that. Um, you get medical health uh, while you're on. Promotional opportunities are are abundant here in the Houston Fire Department. So upward mobility is, is a definite possibility for those that uh, want to take advantage of that. And so, but in the end, again, you get a, an opportunity to make a positive impact in some people's life um, while to you're serve. serving. Exactly. Right. And on top of that, the best part is they get to be bossed around by you, right, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've been, I've been very, very lucky, uh, both departments here and in El Paso, that uh, we have very dedicated uh, employees that, uh, that do exactly what is expected, right? They, uh, again, they have the right heart to serve their community, so they make my job very easy. That's right. good. I'm glad to hear that. So yeah. less micromanaging. That's Absolutely. what you're saying. Absolutely. If they're doing their job right, yeah, you, can, you doing, can be more hands-off. Yeah. Look, it, it frees me up to get them the tools and the equipment to, to properly and safely do their job. Um, and that's what I'm focused on. Um, mm-hmm. Very, I spend very little time in trying to uh, discipline, and, and, and which is indicative of the professionalism of, of the men and women of the Houston Fire Department. I'm very glad to hear that. All right, Sam, if you can go into some detail about your education and the training that you had to get to where you're at now. Well, I have a, I have a master's in, in business. Um, and oh, really? A, yeah. So an MBA? An MBA. Oh. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> my undergrad is, is uh, criminal justice. Okay. So when I was in the Air Force, uh, I thought I wanted to be a cop, right? So oh. I went to school for what I thought I needed to, to do that. But um, when I separated from the Air Force, um, I went back again to the community where I grew up in, in El Paso. Um, that's where I met my wife. We've been married now for, for 32 years. And uh, she still looks the same as the day I met her, Jimmy. So 
I have smart to, man. Yeah. I, I hope she's listening to this right now. <laughs> I have to say that, man. That's how you make 32 yeah. years. <laughs> Good one. But, that sounds uh, like a line I would use to the ladies out there, right? <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, so so I have a, an undergrad in criminal justice and, a, and an MBA. But uh, in addition to that, all the training that's required to, to do your job uh, appropriately, right? I took every opportunity to take every training that was available to, to me as I was moving up in the ranks in, in El Paso. And I took every opportunity for a diversity of experience within the department. Um, you know, I got a certification in aircraft rescue. I got a certification in, in hazmat. Uh, and it, so there's just a variety of, of, of areas where you, can, where you can go in and get additional knowledge uh, of your job because you know, these men and women, the Houston Fire Department, um, they respond to about 350,000 calls for service per year on average. And every call is unique and they're dynamic. So we cannot train you for every specific incident that you're gonna be responding to, but certainly having a diversity of experience, a diversity of training, giving them the opportunities to get that experience uh, will help them do their job safer and, and more efficiently, right? And the goal is to do the most good when we arrive, you know, and make, make order out of chaos. So in order to do that, we have to provide them the tools, the equipment, the opportunities for them to refine their skills so they can make appropriate decisions on, on the scene. And those having that, getting the education and training certainly helps with that, as you said. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Look, and, and, and formal education is, is important, too. Um, you know, I've been told here and, and in the past that, hey, I don't need a degree to be a good firefighter. I get it, right? Um, especially when, when, when at the entry level, right? And as you're moving up, you need that technical skill. You need the knowledge about, you know, fire behavior, about building construction, about EMT work, which is primarily what we do. Um, but as you move up in the ranks, the least used skill is, is the tactical one, right? You're no longer hauling a hose into a burning building and moving down a hallway looking for, for victims, right? You're managing people. So, so those, uh, those soft skills that, that you need, you know, the uh, conflict resolution, the conflict management, the ability to, to do research, the ability to communicate appropriately, all those things are important as you move up in the ranks and you're managing people. And so you get that through the experience of going to, to school, right? Through getting your education. So it's critically important um, for us to, to have those requirements for, for firefighters because look, there's life after the fire department. And what I want for, for our men and women on, on the department is to prepare themselves for that uh, inevitability, right? When they retire, and they can go on and do something else uh, more productive because who would not hire them with all the experience and all oh, the absolutely. training and all the, the things that they bring to any company, you know? Um, but the important thing is to have that education because that's the price of admission for almost any job. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, I've always been a big proponent of supporting education, whether it's formal or informal or outside of school, just being a lifelong learner. Correct. Pretty much anything I can get my hands on. Even as the radio host, I have to be proficient to a certain degree to sure. be able to talk about many different topics. Correct. Last week, I had uh, Chief Deputy uh, Brian Harris. We we're talking mm -hmm. about most of the law enforcement. Today is totally different direction. Right. Although we inject a little bit of that into the conversation, but now today we're specifically talking about the fire department. It's totally separate. Yeah. So just having that, you know, me personally being open-minded to be able to have that breadth and, and be able to 
breadth of knowledge and to be able to talk about this these topics that some people out there may necessarily not even give a hoot about, but I think they should because it's an integral part of the community and Absolutely. the community we live in. Absolutely, that's and, and it's critical to be able to to speak at the in in those uh, areas, right, and at different levels with with uh, with different people. So, yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And today, I'm fortunate enough to talk about it with the person at the highest level in that department. <laughs> so I have to be open-minded and be willing to learn. And that's why essentially I'm asking these questions to you because mm-hmm. in all seriousness, I want to learn personally. Right. And then I know a lot of the listeners and the viewers, they get to learn as well as an added benefit. That's why they're, they want to watch Samuel Pena. <laughs> yeah. And I want to provide as much information as, as, as we can, because uh, yes. again, I couldn't be more proud of the work that the men and women of the Houston fire department do every single day, you know, a uh, thousand calls a day. And on each one of them, they, they try to do the best that they can for, for those people that we're serving. Good. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about your career in the Air Force? I don't think a lot of people actually know that you did serve. Yeah. <laughs> as you said, you were enlisted. Right. I was enlisted. Okay. Um, I went in as, a, as an E-1. Um, graduated from... from was that right after high school? Right after high school? No, I actually did a... I think I went to college for a year, year and a half before okay. I joined the, the Air Force. And, Very um, nice. Gave me an opportunity to one to get out of El Paso for a little bit, <laughs> and uh, get away from the tumbleweeds. <laughs> my wife and I, yeah, <laughs> my wife and I had a, had one son already, and and so it gave us an opportunity to to get a a jump start right on on our life. And and I served as a command and control specialist for for four years, and um, you know, but just the the moving was was not. Uh, conducive to to family life, so so we got out after four years and, and went back to El Paso, and and again that's where the rest is history. I applied to the fire department. I actually, I applied everywhere, um, police department, everywhere, and and uh, the fire department was the first one to call, and but it's worked out, you know, it's worked out after now 27 years in in the fire service, and and uh, it's given me great opportunities to serve our community. Um, and I couldn't be more proud of, of of being able to to do that and give back to this to this country, uh, <clears throat> Jimmy. I'm I'm a first generation U.S. citizen. You know, my parents came over from from Mexico and and uh, in in search of a better life for for their kids, and and we've taken advantage of it. You know, the the U.S. is is the land of opportunity, and you know, with a little effort, a little encouragement, uh, support from from your family members, and 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 friends and others, um, you we can achieve, you know what uh, what we set out to do. Right, but as well, we discussed this a little bit earlier. But taking individual responsibility for your success in your life, right? Yeah, absolutely, that is critical. You know, um, you are responsible for for your uh, for your future, for your destiny. You have to do the the hard work, right? You have to take personal responsibility, and not depend on somebody else to to give something uh, to you. And and when failures come, and they will, you know, more often than not, you're gonna. You're gonna I've get, been there. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you have. No, oh, yeah, no, they're they're. You've experienced be some setbacks. Yeah. Absolutely, you're gonna get yeah. punched in the mouth uh, more oh, often yeah. than not. Yeah. And it's uh, to be able to get back up from that and keep moving forward, because uh, again, uh, if we wait around for somebody else to do it for us, um, it's not gonna happen. Nobody's gonna take the interest that they need in your personal success than uh, more than you are so that's uh that's key and that's what I try to teach my kids I got two two grown sons and and uh, three grandchildren but 
certainly that's what I try to uh, pass on to my kids is that uh, you are responsible for, for your future and, and your success. And, you know, you have to keep moving forward. Right. Know? Yeah. Yeah, and you're living proof of that because sure. nobody handed you position of chief of the Houston Fire Department, one of the largest municipal fire departments in the country. Nobody just gave it to you on a platter. Right. I know you put in your time, as you said earlier. Yeah. You put no. in the work and the time and you, the dedication. Yeah. Right. No, you have to. You have to. Um, but along with that, Jimmy, you know, I that statement would be incomplete if, if I don't follow up with the fact that when we arrive in, in these positions, I believe that we have an obligation to to look after those that are coming uh, behind us. You know, we have an we have an obligation to set up the pipeline so people can take those opportunities when they present themselves, right? And and if I'm looking at the fire department as the fire chief, I have to ensure that I'm providing that that pipeline, right? Whether through through um, assignments or opportunities or training, mentorship, um, mentorship, exactly. So look, I'm just a temporary steward of this position. Right. I'm going to be here Eventually, for, yeah, for a certain amount of time. And then, yeah. yes, it'll be passed on to somebody else. And it's, it's critically important in, in any job to ensure that there is a pipeline of people that are prepared to take those, those positions. And it sounds funny because I'm the guy from the outside. I got hired from El Paso uh, here for Houston. But it would be no bigger compliment uh, for me than the next fire chief for the city of Houston to come from inside the department. We have, again, 4,000 members, and there are some very talented uh, and, and well-equipped individuals that, that can do this job. I know that for a fact. And uh, so it would be a huge compliment for me for the next fire chief to come in from, from inside. Okay, that makes sense because mm -hmm. they have a better understanding of how the department works. Absolutely. Although there's exceptions, like yourself. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it certainly makes a big difference. Right. I can see that. And so is that, is your position, is that appointed? Is it elected? How, do, how does it, how no, does that it's, work? It's appointed by the mayor. So, oh, okay. Yes. It is. Yes. Yeah. So Mayor Turner, when, when uh, he got elected uh, now six years ago, okay, um, he's the one that brought me in. Okay. He do hired the, me. Mm -hmm. Does he coordinate with, I guess, the, the outgoing chief to find the next chief? How does that usually work? Or does he pretty much... Yeah, no, it's his, it's his selection, his or her selection. His selection, yes. Okay. But I'm sure he has advisors that look within the department. and. Yeah, I'm sure that they, they have a transition team that, that okay. uh, made recommendations. Uh, you know, and I went through the process, uh, through the hiring process, and, and here we are. It's been, again, it was, uh, it was not something that I expected. I was in, a, again, I was serving as fire chief in El Paso, and, and uh, I thought I was doing well over there. But when this opportunity came up, I, um, I decided that, you know, it's it's a good way to gauge yourself to see if uh, if your ideas are, are mainstream or or my way out there in left field. You know, and and when I uh, decided to take this step, um, I decided that I was going to try to be competitive. You know, I was not going to be embarrassed myself or the city of El Paso or or even waste the time of, of the city of Houston. Right. So yes. And uh, we went through the process. You know, Mayor Turner uh, made me the offer to to serve as as his fire chief uh, for the city. And it's it's been the best decision I think that I've that I've made in, in a long time. I don't regret one one minute of it. Well, I'm very happy for mm -hmm. you. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, I, and it seems that you're very passionate about what you're doing as well, yeah. which I think is which I know is very important for success in any position. Yeah, no, and, and look, the, the challenges that that that, that we've dealt with um, are are going to happen in any in any job, but uh, you know we can rise up to the challenge and, and try to make things uh, better. And the goal uh, again. You know, it sounds cliche, but the goal is to leave this department a little bit better than we found. 
or a lot better, right? Right, Sam? <laughs> I know you have high standards based on my interactions with you. So we do have a, a little technical hiccup, so we're going to take a little, uh, little break to get this fixed. I apologize for that technical difficulty. All right, Sam. So can you explain to us the current state of the Houston Fire Department right now as a whole? I know you, got, you'll get, you guys have a lot going on, but if we just look at, you know, the big picture kind of looking down, 10,000 foot view looking down. Mm -hmm. Well, look, we are right now we have the, uh, the most critical issue that's pressing uh, for the Houston Fire Department right now is, is the fact that the call volume is increasing. Um, and it makes sense that the uh, census just came back the numbers and, and there was an increase in population here in the city of Houston and along with that being that uh, you know uh, we're almost the primary uh, health net for for a lot of this uh, the community um, the call volume has risen uh, the same way about we've seen in the last six years about a, a 16 to 17 percent increase in call volume and primarily almost entirely in EMS work. Okay. So, um, so resources is, is what we need, right? Um, we need to, to ensure that we're providing enough ambulance service for, for the demand because uh, right now we're, we're just being outpaced. The, the, um, the capacity is being outpaced by the demand. And oh, okay. so we need to ensure that we are, we're uh, advocating for enough resources to be able to meet that demand. But um, in addition to that is the hiring issue, right? In 2019, <clears throat> we took a, um, we missed our recruitment target by about 180 firefighters after Proposition B passed. Proposition B, the cost of that w required uh, that we let go about 300 firefighters, right? So when it passed, we had to cancel some training academy classes. We canceled four classes in 2019, and that uh, forced us to miss our recruitment target by about 180. So now it's taking some time to make up for those uh, recruits that we lost. That's why we're hiring 280, right? So our normal attrition is about 170 people per year that leave through, through either resignations or retirements or any other issue, about 170. But we have to hire about 100 more above that every year to try to make up for what we lost in 2019. We're working on that. Um, again, we, we just, uh, the mayor just approved an 18% pay raise for firefighters. Which, uh, which awesome will be, yeah it'll yeah. be implemented over the next uh, 24 months and that's going to make us more competitive in in the industry because uh it is a practical concern look at it takes a lot of money to recruit people get them through the pipeline and get them certified to be out on the truck the last thing we want is for them to go leave to for a department across the street for a few more bucks we want to be competitive we are the largest in the state the largest fire department in the state and 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 uh so we need to compensate them appropriately because not only are we the largest, but we're also the busiest. And so we need to take care of our, 
of our employees. One way you do that is, is uh, be competitive in the industry as far as pay. Um, so we're working on those, on those items. Um, the other thing is, is uh, efficiencies within the fire department, right? Because um, it is, uh, I've heard it say in, in my time here in the, in the fire industry that, that fire protection is a grudge purchase, right? Because I don't get it. It's very expensive. Oh. Most people don't, you know, if you think about it, most people can go their entire life and never call 911, right? But when you do need it, you want it to be there, right, and present. So, so that's, uh, that's what my job is, is to ensure that when somebody calls 911 that there's no doubt about what's going to happen. Um, to do that, it, it takes a lot, of, uh, a lot of investment. I mean, my budget this year going in before the pay raise was, was implemented was $517 million, so half a billion dollars for, for the department per year. 90% is in, in personnel costs. So it's, it's, uh, it's very expensive, right, to, to do this, but it's necessary. Again, motor vehicle accidents, fires, EMS work, all those things are critical infrastructure items that need to be provided, right? And because they are so expensive, I think the community would, would look to the police chief and fire chief, being that we're the number one and number two draws on your general fund, to find the most efficient way uh, to deliver that service, but have some capacity, right? Because, I mean, coming from a <clears throat> from a business perspective, you can build a system that is so efficient that is that it's fragile, right? That it doesn't withstand shock very well, and but that's not what you want for a fire department. You want to have some redundancy. You want to have some some capacity, and and that's what we're working on. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that uh, that budget. Mm -hmm. It was a rebudgeting allocation to yes. compensate the firefighters more. Right. Is that correct? Right. Yeah, I'm very happy to hear that something like that passed because I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. No, that's that's that a big de deal. definitely help. That's a big yeah. deal. It's gonna it's gonna certainly help in in taking a step to be again as I mentioned. We want to be. Uh, if it was up to me, we'd be leading the charge in, in pay. Right. But uh, but I don't it's out of be, your control, but I don't want to be the last. Right. We want to be competitive in our industry. We want the fire department to be the Houston Fire Department to be a department of choice for for those uh, firefighters. OK. Right, next, can you can you explain your specific duties? Like what is the typical day for Samuel Pena look like? And then also some of the expanding roles of the Houston Fire Department. I know you talked a little bit about it earlier, but a lot of people think that firefighters are just fighting fire when it's actually, <laughs> you have so many other things that you're doing. Yeah. So if you can, once again, so two part question there, about yeah. your duties at, you know, with the department and mm -hmm. then some of the, the other things that you guys do. Well, let me, let me start by answering the second question first, because okay. I, I think it leads into what my duties are um, to answer your first question. The, the role of the fire department is, is yeah, it's a misnomer. It's not just the fire department. We are, think of it as, as a village people, right? We wear many hats. Um, as I mentioned, fire service is, is one of the main things that we, that we do. But the number of fires isn't really growing, right? It's, it's plateaued. Um, but fire uh, response is something that we do. But we also do uh, inspections, building inspections, uh, fire inspections for, for the commercial buildings in the city of Houston. We have uh, our own arson bureau, right, that does fire investigations for all fires. They're, every fire needs to have a cause and origin determination. And most of those 
small fires, the cause and origin is determined by the incident commander, the, the guys out in the street in the stations. The, um, they determine it and then they write it up in the report. Larger fires or fires that have fatalities or fires that are complex uh, are handled by our arson uh, bureau. Okay. Arson investigators are also peace officers, so they have that component. Um, we have individuals, everybody is, a, is certified in both fire and EMT, so they have dual certification at minimum. All the firefighters? All the firefighters. Very good. But in addition to that, our firefighters also have specialized uh, certifications in hazardous materials response, in aircraft rescue response, in uh, technical rescue response, and that involves high angle, confined space, trench rescue, uh, and those expertise. We have uh, communicators, we have dispatchers that are also firefighters. And, that and depends on their department they're in, right? That depends on the, on the division that they're in. Division, okay. Right, so okay. they all come in at the entry level as firefighters. And then the first promotion is to engineer operator, which is a driver. And then from there, they have an opportunity. The, the next, the first line supervisory rank is, is captain. So they can stay in emergency operations and go up that rank. Um, and, and be a company officer and then eventually district chief and, and on up. Or they can go into any of the other bureaus, okay? Investigations, arson, communications, those are also uh, available to them depending on, on what they want to do with their, with their career. What they enjoy doing. Exactly. Well. So, so there's opportunities for that. Having said that, my job is, if I can boil it down to, to one sentence, is, is to serve those that are serving this community. And the way I serve them is ensuring that, that I'm providing uh, and advocating for the proper resources, uh, fire trucks, equipment, training, um, all the health and safety aspects that are necessary for, for our firefighters to safely do their job. Uh, so resources, um, fleet, facilities, health and safety, uh, professional development, all those are responsibilities of the fire chief is to advocate for, for um, for those needs. In addition to that, um, most of my job is done with external stakeholders, you know, um, the the community groups, um, city interacting with city council. So out, you're doing a lot of outreach. Exactly. And engagement. Exactly. Yeah. So because of that, I have uh, 10 assistant chiefs, three executive assistants and seven assistant chiefs that really manage the internal operations of the, of the department. And so my job consists of, of that external outreach with, with those groups and, and those people that, are, that I have to interact and to ensure that, one, we're delivering the service that they need, right? That Absolutely. They're that they're expecting. Yes. And, and two, advocating for the resources that I need to, to ensure that, they're, that our firefighters are getting what they need. Okay, so you're always out there talking to somebody. We are. We are <laughs> Today happens to be me <laughs> and all of our listeners and viewers. That's right. And I was really looking forward to this day today too, Jimmy. But, uh, yeah, most of the day is, is done doing that, you know, yeah. interacting with, with those external groups. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm, one, of the, one of my motivations for doing this show actually with you, Sam, was so that you can get that message out yeah. any way I can help because mm -hmm. the fire service is very important for, the, for our community. Yeah. For the safety and security and well-being of, of Houston and the greater Houston area. Yeah, no, Houston is a beautiful, beautiful city, um, but it is a big city. And yes. with, with uh, big cities, sometimes we have big city problems. And, and yes. uh, a lot of times, you know, the, the safety and the security of our residents is, is paramount. I think uh, the, the mayor uh, and every mayor and city council are, are focused on that. 
And uh, it's on us to try to ensure that we are providing the, the service that this community needs and that, that they expect. Yes. Do y'all do y'all coordinate a lot with the Houston Police Department as well? We do. Look, we we're, do. we're okay. partners in in, uh, in public safety. Um, we we have to share resources. We have to uh, again. The police department is the largest draw in your general fund, followed by the by the Houston Fire Department. Okay, and and so it, it's very. Um, it's very important and it's critical that we have a good working relationship and be able to share these resources because the men and women out on the street, they're responding to the same calls. They That's show true. up to the same yeah. calls. And so it's, it's very critical that we have a good working relationship, um, that we're working together for, for the safety ultimately of the people that we're serving. Um, but not only the police department, I mean, we coordinate with every other department. Public Works is a, is a huge, huge partner in our ability to, to service this community. Um, that they were with us in every major disaster. Jimmy, do you know how many people fit in a in the back of a dump truck? Thirty nine, <laughs> and we know this because <laughs> because during Harvey, Public Works and their employees were assisting us with their with their dump trucks to pull to get people, people out, out from yes, the flood, the high water. Yeah. My high goodness, water well, that's saving a lot of people. They are thirty nine. They're they are, uh, they are first responders in every sense of the word as well. So Public Works. You know, they were out there clearing streets during the freeze. They were uh, out there assisting us with high water rescues. They, um, I mean, they are an integral part of what we're able to do. But not only them, every other department in the city of, of Houston, uh, we have a, we have to. And, and luckily, what I found here is, is that we have a great working relationship. The Mayor Turner's, um, his, his executives um, um, are very uh, attuned to that fact. And, and again, we get along really, really well. And that helps the, the community as well because when something happens, I mean, if, uh, if Harvey and 9-11 taught us anything, Jimmy, is that even the largest department in the country at some point may need help. And so having those relationships set up ahead of time with, with those uh, departments, departments yes. and other departments outside the city that, that are able to help us meet the demand is, is critical. Yeah, real quick, while we continue the interview, I, while I was looking up Houston Fire Department, mm -hmm. I, I looked up the vision statement and the mission statement, and, and I just have to read them out to all the listeners and viewers because I just I was so impressed with what I saw because I had never seen it before. <laughs> the So the vision, vision statement of the Houston Fire Department is HFD will be recognized as a premier public service organization, respected and admired by our peers and the community as the most diverse innovative and efficient public safety provider in the world really like that and i feel like everything you're telling me perfectly aligns with that vision as certainly well. aspirational isn't it oh it's <laughs> well, I, say, I was so impressed <laughs> and i don't get impressed that easy by things i see on websites but i was i was blown away and then the next we have the mission i'm not going to read everything on here but the so the basic mission statement it says for houston fire department to save lives protect property and serve our community with courage, commitment, and comp compassion. Once again, love that too. Keep it simple. Yeah, one sentence. And then lastly, the slogan, it says, obviously it's encompassing the department to have courage, commitment, and compassion. Yeah, once again, just, I thought the, these simple sentences have right. so much meaning. And like I said, based on our conversations, I know you're living up and representing this very well. Yeah, well, it, yeah. look, it doesn't have to be complex, right? Uh, when people are, are in need of assistance, 
what they want is is uh, somebody to arrive there quickly, efficiently, and be able to to change the trajectory of whatever is going on. Yeah, do their job. Do their job. Another thing I saw from the website is the so the Houston Fire Department has a Class One rating from the insurance service offering. Is that still yes. current right now? Yes. That Can you explain is, to our the listeners and viewers what that is? Because most people have no idea what that is. I didn't even know yeah. <laughs> until I saw it on the website. So the ISO is uh, the insurance services office. Um, they provide what's called a public protection classification, right? And they rate the not only the fire department, but also the, the water distribution system and the communication system. There's, so there's three components that they come in and rate. And it's all uh, to see and gauge what the response to fires would be. The class one is the highest classification any municipality so can have. So it's the best. The best. And a class 10 is the worst, right? The Houston Fire Department holds a Class One uh, ISO rating from uh, or PPC rating from the ISO, and we got that last year in 2020. Oh, so it's last a, year. Yes. Oh. So it's every every 10 years they come in and assess, and and uh, so our assessment was happened uh, last year. They completed it last year, and and we were given a Class One uh, reaccredited for a Class One ISO. In addition to that, the Houston Fire Department is a an accredited agency. So I saw that as well. Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question. So yeah, you're going in right into that. It's so yeah, if you can tell us about that. So from which commission and right. So the Commission on Fire Accreditation International is yes. is a third party accreditation agency that that comes in and looks at the department, their their policies, their procedures, their response times, their responses, uh, the programs that they have. And it's and from peers, correct? It's exactly. So from other fire departments other, or firefighters? Other fire People departments. that understand the industry. Exactly. <laughs> and they come in and, and see the service that we say we're providing, uh, the efficiency of that service, and they, and they do a, a spot check to validate that what we're saying we do, we actually do. And that helps because the community gives them a sense of, of, of security that, that the fire department is being run in a in more professional way, right? And that we're delivering the service that, that the community expect because uh, one component of that, of that uh, accreditation is a strategic plan. And in order to determine what is it that the community expects from the fire department, we have to do those, those, that outreach, that engagement. I really don't like the word outreach, but the engagement with the community um, to see what is it that they expect from, from their fire department. So, no, we're very proud of the achievements that the uh, men and women have of the fire department have, have done because it's through their work that we've achieved both the ISO class one rating and the accreditation, right? It's not the fire chief, it's the people that are actually doing the work um, and proving that they're able to deliver on what we're saying we're doing is that uh, has earned us this. So we're very proud of that. The ISO rating helps commercial insurance primarily to keep the rates low because uh, it just demonstrate that, that the fire response is gonna be efficient and, and effective to be able to handle some of these incidents. So another reason why businesses should come to Houston, Texas to operate in. And Absolutely. then another good selling point for if you're looking for a fire department to work with, you would want to work with the best of the best. Yes. yes Houston Fire are. Department. There you go. Yes, sir. <laughs> Proof is in the pudding. <laughs> it is. It is. And, and no, but we've been blessed. We're blessed also with uh, with surrounding municipalities that whose departments are, a lot of them are staffed by Houston firefighters that work over there part-time. and oh, okay. But they uh, those departments are, are outstanding as well. And we've engaged in, in uh, mutual uh, training. Uh, training and Good. mutual aid as well. Um, again, to be able to share those resources because we are one community, Jimmy. 
It's yes. one community. Mm-hmm. All right. As we wrap up the interview, just a few quick questions. Uh, this is really big news around the world right now, I, and I have to ask you this. What are your, do you have any thoughts about what's going on in Afghanistan? I know this is separate from the fire department, yeah. but just because it's so big in the world right now. Well, look, Jimmy, from the, from the humanitarian side, um, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking what's happening in that country. Um, and, and, you know, I, I know that, uh, that leaving uh, without any, any plan to ensure that those that are uh, in that country are, are, are safe, especially other Americans, and, and those allies that have, that have assisted us uh, throughout these last 20 years. We've been there for 20 years fighting these, you know, our nation's war. And, um, you know, it's, we have to ensure that we're doing the right thing. Um, I don't know what the right thing is, but I do know that, that uh, just leaving them without any assistance is, is, is not, from my perspective, would not be the as right As a thing. former soldier as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah look, our, our, our men and women um, for 20 years have, have fought there. They've bled there. Um, a lot of them have given the ultimate sacrifice there. And, and we owe it to their memory, to their families, to ensure that we're doing the right thing uh, in that country. Okay. Next question is, yeah, since you are the fire chief, three tips to prevent a fire in your house or any building. Look, have an exit plan. Okay. You need to have a, and, and practice that exit plan. Okay. Have a working smoke and carbon monoxide detector. Those things save lives. Our response times, look, even if we were there within a minute or two, um, what, what kills people is the smoke in these house fires, okay? The early detection is going to be critical for you to be able to be alerted and have a time to get out. So having a working smoke detector and a working carbon monoxide detector are critical. Um, we talked about the uh, safety plan and have an extinguisher. Okay, and know how to use that thing. I'm sure you've used uh, a lot of those in your time. Right? <laughs> you know, those You're are an expert on that. Yes, and and, and uh, look, if there's any, um, if you need a smoke detector, if you need a carbon monoxide detector, reach out to the Houston Fire Department. We will provide one uh, for you free of charge, and and we may even go out there and install it for you. So so again, those are just the simple simple uh, uh, changes can make a, a world of a difference and, and can save lives. I am not a fan of fan of, uh, of, of uh, candles. Candles uh, cause more issues than than anything else, right? Uh, aside from from cooking fires. So be very cautious if you have open flame candles that uh, you don't leave them unattended, because they can uh, they can burn your house. Start down. a fire. Absolutely. Oh, very interesting. So Absolutely. stick to regular lights, pretty much. Stick, stick <laughs> the electric lights. electric yes. light. <laughs> Last question, Sam. I always ask this for all the the guests on the show. Three tips to be successful in life. The best advice you can give to anybody listening oh, or, wow. or watching. Man, I have a. I'm kind of long winded here, but again, look, personal responsibility is is huge with me. Um, you have to take control of of and responsibility for yourself. That includes your health. Right. Uh, and, and your well-being and your safety um, and not relying on somebody else to do that yeah, for you. Right. Yeah. No, you can't rely on somebody else to do that for you. Look, I'm, I've been in, in municipal government uh, for the last 27 years. And and, um, you know, we do our best each and every day to try to make the positive impacts that we've talked about in people's lives when they call. But government can't be everything for everybody. Right. We have to take some personal responsibility. 
um, especially now with with everything that's going on the pandemic and is is really crippling a lot of uh, cities and and you know we know what it did last year to the economy um, we can do something to, to to combat that you know personal responsibility taking care of our health is primary uh, to to being able to fight this off and and just taking the precautions that that you need to take to ensure that you maintain yourself safe. Um, if, if there's anything else, it, it's just that. I think that's the primary one is, is take care of yourself and, and don't forget about your neighbor, right? Always be willing to lend a helping hand. All right. Thanks, Samuel Pena, Chief of the Houston Fire Department. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And we are wrapping up today's episode. Jimmy Kim's show here. Tune in next Monday from 12 to 1 p.m. To all the listeners and viewers out there, thank you so much. Have a great day.